When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Hello and welcome to the Betches Sub Podcast. I'm Sammy Fishbein. I'm Amanda Duberman. And for those of you who are just tuning in, the Betches Sub Podcast is your bi-weekly rundown of all the crazy shit that's happening in the news explained by your two funniest friends. Which is us. Today we're talking about the Oscars. The aftermath of impeachment. And the New Hampshire primary. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Betches Media presents. Like beer. I don't know if you do. Okay. you like beer, Senator, or not? Um, Mom, I want a vape. <laughs> Nude pictures of Trump. Come on now. Don't mess with me. The Betches Sup Podcast. How dare you? Did you watch the Oscars? I did. Me too. Um, I did have like a one hour interruption to watch Curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> Was an, is it an hour? It was like very long. Yeah. I was almost falling asleep. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, that's the funny show. Um, yeah. But the Oscars were fine. They were they pretty. Were, they had some good moments. They were, they were watchable. Watchable. Which I don't always find to be, to be the case. But there were, there were sort of like somewhat more subtle like political moments it, rather than just somebody getting, I mean, I love when Patricia Arquette gets up and is like, Woman, yes, you have to vote. Fuck Trump. But this was like a little bit more. There was just some like shade all around and I liked it. It didn't like take all the air out of the room until the end. But well, I feel like the the um, this award season has been more subdued in its like politicism. I think people are tired. Yeah, um, I, I think it's also like reflected in the outfits. The outfits this award season yeah. have been weak. Been so weird. I think people are just feeling like tired. Yeah, or maybe I'm just tired. I can see that. I can see that. Also, like the past year. It, it's become like easier and easier to be canceled. So it's like, you know what? I'm just going to not say I'm not going to talk. The less I talk, the less likely they'll be canceled. I do think cancel t- cancel culture has taken its toll. It's finally like seeped in enough that totally. people are. It's actually started to regulate the way people think and speak and the way they think about what they're going to say. And I think that the effect has ultimately been sort of censoring. Yeah. Um, self-censoring. Yeah. I feel like Michelle Williams kind of mastered the cancel culture speech. Like she didn't explicitly reference abortion. She was she was the one who was like, you know, I got to this point in my career because I was able to have choices. And she stopped short of saying I have had an abortion, but sort of implied that that's what had happened and, and implored people to vote in their interests. The only thing was that like sh- people called out afterwards that she maybe should have specified white pe- white women because it's black women and pe- women of color generally do vote in their interests. That's true. But uh, short talking. of that, it was yeah. a masterful speech. Yeah, I mean, yeah, hers, I think, was one of the best of the season. But let's talk about, okay, let's talk about last night. Okay, should um, we should we talk about Brad Pitt's speech while we're doing the speeches? Yes. Yeah. Brad Pitt, just when you think he can't get any better, yep. he uh, makes this speech. And let's, he won let's for play a clip. Uh, Best Supporting Actor in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And this is uh, a bit of his acceptance speech. They told me I only have 45 seconds up here. 
which is 45 seconds more than the Senate gave John Bolton this week. I'm thinking maybe Quentin does a movie about it. In the end, the adults do the right thing. Lovely. In the movie, you know, you can put them all in a movie theater and then you have the movie burn all the film burning and then all the bad, you know, Barr I didn't see it. And Jeff said, no, I'm talking okay. about Inglorious oh, right, right. Bastards. Yes, yes, yes. That's right. Of which course. Which is one of my favorite movies. Um, I need to rewatch that one. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Oh, I'll watch Multiple it. Multiple people have told me to, to rewatch it in this age. It's great. Yeah, yeah. And then also Natalie Portman wore a cape, a Dior cape that was embroidered with the names of outstanding female directors, including Melina Matsukas, Marielle Heller, Celine Sciamma, Mari Diop, Alma Harrell, Lorraine Scarfiara, Lulu Wang and Greta Gerwig, who were all like masterful directors, none of whom were nominated in the best director category. You know, embroidering on a Dior cape, <laughs> you know, everyone has their contribution to, right. in, you know, being socially engaged. And if a Dior cape is the way you're going to do it, I thought it was beautiful. I think it was she beautiful. actually looked it's the like best. It's like Lingua Franco sweater, but like to, on speed. Yeah, so true. <laughs> I actually thought she was the best dressed. Not that that is for this podcast, but I do feel like she... She does look amazing. That's the one I'll remember. Yeah, yeah. Um, And the last thing we want to talk about is the the winner for best movie. Yeah. So South Korean film Parasite became the first non English film to win the Best Picture award. It was definitely favored, but I don't know if everybody thought that it would win. Which kind of brings us into sort of the element that we wanted to talk about. So. Parasite, to me, proves that all elections should be done how the Oscars do elections, which is by rank choice. Um, so basically, since 2009... That one time where they accidentally announced La, yes, La Land. That's right. like the equiv- equivalent to like the 2000 election. Yes, yes. And just a, there's just a fluke. still something wrong with their nomination process, given how uh, white it still ends up being. That they need to fix. But the rank choice, we like. So since 2009, the Academy has used this. So basically, rank choice is like, unlike like, okay, the first person or the person who gets the most or the movie in this case gets the most votes wins. Voters will rank their choices from obviously number one, most favored to least favored. If no one gets a majority of votes in the first round, which is 50 percent, which is none when there's when there's eight candidates or movies. Right. Then they start counting. Then the second choices go towards your total. So then they tell like, let's say Parasite is on top and then doesn't get to a certain amount. Then they're going to factor in everyone's second choice. And then the first one to get sort of past 50 percent, a majority wins. So this means, you know, you can imagine an example where it's like if you have a favorite that you still don't think will win. Like you love Jojo Rabbit, but like you don't I need think to watch that. I want to watch Maybe it too. Tonight. I heard it was meh, but then it looked like beautiful to look at. And yeah. I loved um, I didn't realize that was the director that who became the first um person from that from that indigenous community to win an Oscar. Yeah, and made a beautiful wow. speech about how like we're the first storytellers, which is obviously 100% correct. Yeah. Was, so I definitely want to watch that one. Until, but, until the white people right, come yeah, in. Exactly. You know, take their Create story. the Oscars, yeah. yeah. So you're like, I really want to vote for Jojo Rabbit, but like I also don't want to throw away my right vote. You can also imagine this Oscars. Everybody loved Parasite and kind of wanted it to win. So I feel like a lot of people, so that person puts Parasite as their number two. And then, you know, the Jojo Rabbits never, they don't get a lot of, maybe 1917 didn't cross it. And so in that situation, you you end up with a winner who has majority support. Everybody yes. kind of likes this person because, or this movie, because they put it as their second choice. So you avoid really polarizing things like, I don't know, in America, where like... <laughs> 50% of people want Donald Trump to be president, 50 don't. I mean, I don't think we would ever have ranked choice for a president, but it's sort of similar to the caucuses, whereas like, let's say, let's imagine a scenario where Democrats right now generally are in the moderate lane. Say Bernie Sanders gets a ton of votes and then 
Joe Biden gets a ton of votes. And then it's like, okay, but do so 50% of people like him, 50 like him. How do we find out like what the majority actually favors? And you look at the second choice. Like what if then like everybody, more people put Klobuchar as Warren as a second choice? That shows an endorsement for like this point of view. It makes perfect sense, doesn't it? It, do, it does because it, it actually shows like the overall amount of support each person has. Support is In key, general. Yeah. So let's say like I really like Warren. And then, yeah. like, my second person I'm, like, okay with is yeah. Klobuchar. And that way, it's, like, Klobuchar doesn't lose my vote. She just exactly. she yeah. gets it in sort of, like, a different way that could be helpful for her. It is a lot like how the Iowa caucus happens. Just that happens, like, with bodies moving in yeah, a gym. totally. Um, which, to me, seems super inefficient. Super flawed. Yeah. Super flawed. So several countries do use a ranked choice ballots to elect their leaders at various levels. Ireland uses it for a number of high-level races, as does Australia. A lot of localities around the U.S. use it, including Minneapolis. It's pretty simple to understand. It's something I wouldn't be surprised if is adopted a lot more. It seems to make, you know, it'd be one of those things where like election night would take forever, but people, you get used to it, you know? Yeah. It takes forever anyway. Yeah. Yeah. At this point. Right. Right. I remember listening to a podcast once about like a woman who was running for a seat somewhere and she had gone to bed. She's like, I lost. I didn't get the majority. And then they woke her up because they were like, no, when we counted the second, you overwhelmingly passed the guy. That, you know, only had 30%, but when we can, but then you're everybody's second choice. Right. It definitely takes into account sort of like human nature and the way people actually feel about the voting and the people that they're voting for. That's very true. Which actually brings us to my experience, my thing that's getting me through. Tell me. Which, so I phone banked for the first time this weekend. Um, I phone banked for Elizabeth Warren. I think it's not a surprise to anyone listening that I am a supporter of hers. Although, if you listen back like months and months, she won me over because I used Mm -hmm. to not be a supporter. Um, And honestly, I just wanted to sort of like share this experience because I think it's something that everyone can really maybe do themselves. Um, I was like super... For whoever you want. For whoever you want. Yeah, you don't obviously have to do it. I'm not saying you should do it for Elizabeth Warren or any particular person. I'm just speaking in terms of like getting more involved and how easy it was. Um, I was very intimidated to do anything, but I had someone who connected me and like showed me, sent me like the instructions and it was super easy. Like you're basically, you go through this training, which is very simple. They give you a script and like a, a platform on your computer that you do and you just basically call people they tell you pretty much exactly what to say um and you're not even like making an argument necessarily for your candidate you're really just asking people like oh that's interesting yeah it's i mean at some point i think that's a big deterrent for people is they think you get on the phone you're supposed to be antagonistic but that's the last thing you're supposed to do no you're actually not getting on the phone at least for for this script for for this kit for elizabeth warren you're not getting on the phone and and pitching elizabeth warren to people you're literally saying like hello i'm calling from the elizabeth warren for new New hampshire campaign i'm wondering if you're planning to vote in the primary and then people say like yes or no or or they hang up (laughs) or or they'll say like yes i am they'll maybe maybe they'll say who they're supporting maybe they won't and honestly like i got into two kind of i did this for an hour i was like i'm just gonna like force myself to it was so it's so uncomfortable to kind of like and even though I'm that's like on a great my way to look at it is like just do it for an hour yeah yeah you can commit to something like that rather than like oh my god now i'm gonna phone make every day until it's over yeah. no exactly like i was like sitting on my couch just for an hour on on saturday and it was kind of a fascinating experience like speaking to people kind of at length about their opinions who they're supporting why um and it's just very interesting to hear how unique people's perspectives are like i spoke to a bernie supporter who said he would literally support anyone except for uh tom steyer and Mm -hmm. even like tulsi gabbard and i was Mm -hmm. like 
like what like this doesn't hearing sort of people's views is it shows that like the uniqueness of every voter and why I guess like retail politics kind of makes sense Mm -hmm. why like politicians should go and actually speak to people and why organization makes sense because you need to have surrogates and people speaking for you so I don't know I just wanted to share that it was like easy and that if people want to do something like that it's not this crazy experience it's actually just like fairly simple and you can feel like you really did something yeah and it sounds that like people like you and I I think we spend a lot of time like in this Twitter world of politics and media and I'm almost surprised I've heard other people say this before but you talked to a Bernie supporter who was like I'll support anybody where a lot of times the narrative about Bernie supporters in our small microcosm is like no they won't support anybody but it's such a small universe that sometimes we get stuck in that it sounds like it was like eye-opening for you to sort of hear like actually what voters my even though I'm on Twitter all day and I'm informed my vote counts for the same amount as that person's right yeah I mean I'm on Twitter a lot and I feel like everyone feels so uniform and obvious on Twitter like what they what their views are and it's like almost reflexive like if you have this view you will also have this view but I think that's not actually what people are like like I think if you take a liberal you might get a liberal Let's say, oh, this person identifies as liberal. They might feel so differently than you would expect on different issues. Like someone could be like, I think about this Washington Post columnist, or now she works for the New York Times, Liz Brunig mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. She's this like hyper almost, I guess maybe she's a socialist. Like she's a huge burning supporter. I think she's very, if not identifying as a socialist, I think she's like very close. Yeah. But she also is like not in favor of abortion because she's like a religious um, I don't want to say the wrong religion, but she, some she's some re- Christian. For a religious reason. Yeah, for a religious reason. Um, and I just think it's very fascinating that people are much more dynamic than we think from what we're experiencing on Twitter. We all know your hair and skin can sway your mood and impact your day in ways you can't underestimate. Sometimes what starts as a bad hair day quickly turns into a bad everything else day. I'd never found beauty products that really understood my needs, but ever since I switched to custom hair and skin routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Healthier hair and skin, yes. But beyond that, too, since I started using pros, I've noticed consistently healthy hair. Even with all I put it through with the heat tools and the hairsprays to get this pompadour sky high, it smells great. It looks fancy on the shelf. And I like that it has my name right on it. This formula is made for V. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do, from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. From millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely yours or mine. And Pros isn't just better for you. It's better for the planet. They're a certified B Corp, cruelty-free, and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool, which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin that they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription at pros.com slash feverdream. So get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash feverdream. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash feverdream. So should we move into the main news? Absolutely. On Friday night, Trump ousted two impeachment witnesses, including Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman and EU Ambassador Gordon Sondland. Uh, Vindman was definitely the shocking one of the day, it seemed. Uh, He was a uh, National Security Council Ukraine specialist. Uh, He worked in the White House 
not I say with his brother. His brother also worked in the White House, Yevgeny, who was a national security lawyer, former JAG. He had nothing to do with impeachment, and he was also escorted out of the White House on Friday. Very meaningful, because in an authoritarian regime, they go not after just, you know, the dissidents. They go after the dissidents' yeah. family to try to frighten you. Yes, and I had been reading that Vindman, you know, thought this might be coming and even had intimated, like, yeah, maybe this department isn't, you know, the best one for me. Because the way that he maybe works, he could be here. reassigned. You know, this isn't a good cultural fit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But um, no, it it's actually not a good cultural fit because you have a guy who's like right. basically like. It's I, not a good cultural fit for anybody. Yeah. I mean, it Except is for, his for cabal for, of monsters. It is for grifters and thieves. It's yeah. a great cultural fit for them. Yeah. Um, Vinman, to remind you, is a Purple Heart recipient who still has shrapnel in his body from protecting our country. Uh, Our our president, the president that fired him, is a draft dodger. Yeah. Yeah. Pretended to have bone spurs to not go into the draft. Five Um, times. Right. Actually. Oh, my God. Vinman, um, he reported he was an impeachment witness because he was on that July 25th call that started all of this. And he reported his concerns as and he was right, as we know. Um, Trump on Saturday after the firing claimed that Vindman uh, reported contents of my perfect calls incorrectly, um, which those close to Vindman have disputed. They said, no, we reported them correctly. And also, we know what you said, and it was problematic, and everybody knows this now. Like, if he just went, he, he went to his boss like everybody else did and was like, this seems wrong, and he was right. Yeah. The president has also been attacking Vindman's work performance in general to try to justify this move, claiming he was given a horrendous report by his superior and that he had problems with judgment and leaking information. I think that what Trump is saying is that he's referencing um, when Tim Morrison, um, he was another impeachment witness and he was Vindman's boss um, at the time, who did question Vindman's judgment during congressional testimony in back in November, because he testified that he had been warned about Vindman's judgment when he took over the position and claimed that Vindman didn't keep him in the loop. So it sounds like there were like some definite, you know, questionable, sketchy things happening. But honestly, like how... How is this? What I wonder is how different is this from just sort of like a, That's a small thought. work process issue? Like sometimes people, you know, start a totally. job and things are not, they're not 100% aware of the protocols. Right. Um, and you have to learn it. Um, Vinman actually, so Vinman's defense of himself what came during his testimony. And he also brought another review from his former boss, Fiona Hill, um, who praised his performance and rebutted basically what Morrison said. Um but Morrison also claimed that Hill had questioned Vindman's judgment, to which Hill replied <laughs> that she was aiming to convey a specific concern about Vindman transitioning to a more political role and didn't actually question his judgment. She just questioned whether he should be in a more political role, which seems valid to yeah, me. Right. I um, was thinking like what you were like thinking of lots of examples where somebody might say like uh, maybe this role under this person isn't the best for this person so let's move them there but then let's say there's a catastrophe that happened with the whole company it's like it's not that person's that has nothing to do with that right and in in terms of like oh he didn't keep him in the loop okay i actually bet this means that he didn't maybe tell him before he reported his concerns about the call because morrison was very apologist to to this whole situation with trump that seems to make sense i think morrison was not like the number one you know, exemplar of a profile in courage during right. his, you know, yeah. speeches and testimony. Um, but yeah, so that's where Vinman is. If you remember, Vinman is the one who came up with the kind of slogan of right matters that Adam Schiff then used in his his arguments because yeah. he said he, he was an immigrant and he had said to his dad who was worried about him testifying, like, it's okay because the tr- I'm saying the truth and the truth, we live in a country where the truth matters and right matters. Yeah. Um, 
which is deeply sad. Brutal. Yeah. Um, and when he testified, there were some like xenophobic attacks because his people were Republicans and at least the ones on Fox News were questioning his like loyalty to the United States because he his family immigrated from the former Soviet Union. And the so, irony. So that, that for that story to end with him and his brother being escorted out of the White House is really icky. And, you know, Gordon Sondland, he, he paid. He didn't get an ROI on his investment. He, Worst million dollars yeah. ever spent. Right, right. Gordon Sondland. And like the, the defense of, of firing him was that he was a political appointee, uh, which makes his firing like less. I don't know. Right. It's so, like I chose him for a, a, a random reason. I can fire him for a random reason. You know, the random reason is that he paid you. Right. And the and the second random reason is that he <laughs> said he everybody's in the he loop. told the truth about you. Yeah. So, yeah. So um, he's going to be just fine. Sondland's. Yeah, he'll be fine. Or, I, I think um, Sondland said that everyone was in the loop on this Ukraine deal, including Trump. So that was like kind of the first breadcrumb of of implication of Trump. But to me, it's clear that this is a a retaliatory or these are both retaliatory firings. Um, They're just kind of frightening because if the lesson that Trump apparently learned from this removal trial is that he can do whatever he wants. It was literally in the substance of Alan Dershowitz's arguments that if the president does it, it's not wrong. Right. So we have a cabal of people who are running the government who genuinely believe that whatever the president does is fine, which seems to sort of just be counter to the whole concept of what America was founded on. If it wasn't that, there is no separation of powers with the British. And, you know, up until last week, I would have said that might have been a good idea. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) totally. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Right. I mean, how does it not have a chilling effect? It, it it says if you speak up, you will be fired. And there is no chance that if you speak up, this will end as the founders anticipated. Yeah. I mean, the it's so bad. The administration, <laughs> so bad. The, the administration is like bereft of any actual like people who are not Trump loyalists, um, who are not people who have proven that they will stick by him, even if it's a lie. I know. And um, it feels like now is when dangerous stuff could happen because I feel like the past few years, everyone's been like, he does have no people around him. I but mean, now he's fired them all and they've all resigned. So now he just has yes people. Yeah. I mean, there was a story that I think Barr had created a process by which Giuliani could deliver yes. his evidence about Hunter Biden to Senate Republicans. To Senate Republicans. Also, they the Federal Reserve handed over Hunter Biden's tax returns. Steve Mnuchin is in charge of the Federal Reserve, so yeah. he's basically the one who okayed that. So they're going, despite the fact that he is the son of the former vice president, they're going after a private citizen. Joe Biden is currently a private citizen. Yeah, true, yes. But I mean, th- yeah. yeah, I mean, honestly, it wouldn't be okay if it were Joe Biden either. But even more so, he is... He's just like a guy. Yeah, it's weird. And I mean, they're requesting, they're getting everything they're asking for. Except Trump's tax returns. Right, right. If it doesn't, and they're just, well, and, and they've been asked, the main Senate Republicans leading this are Lindsey Graham, um, Ron Johnson, and Chuck Grassley. Heroes. And so, yeah. <laughs> and so even Lindsey Graham is like, Lindsey Graham said yesterday, I don't want to be the Republican Christopher Steele about all this. He's like, I actually, he was like, I want to actually vet all of these documents. Like if they're going through Bill Barr's Justice Department, that's not. That's, that's not, not that's a like seal me of having like that's me. like me having like a five year old like check my paper for typos like yeah. nothing's actually gonna get caught or, like I mean this aligns with also what's going on right now which is that the administration is gutting the National Security Council um, there were rumors that the Trump administration had found its 
basically the National Security Council is uh, 236 policy professionals who are advising the president on various issues of national security. They are complaining that it was too bloated and there were too many opinions and that they were planning to make cuts anyway. Is it always 236 or did just... No, it it went up 100 people during the Bush administration, uh, from after the Bush administration. But I don't know if that is relevant. Yeah. In um, any event, they're world-class experts that... You have at your disposal Right And something tells me They're not just like Downsizing because They ran out of cash I think they're downsizing Because they don't want People with opinions Yes That they don't like Specifically opinions About Russia And what the policy Should be there So we're just gonna let Russia like annex Ukraine Yeah Next And Benjamin was on The NSC Yes exactly Like the fewer people We have around The fewer people Will hear things That shouldn't get out yeah, no, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if the way they're choosing people is whether or not they're like on their side. And there's oh, probably 100%. like a mad dash amongst these people yeah. who are down to get on this boat. Yeah. Well, um, and they've sort of been counting on a, a dash out, and that's why they haven't done these firings. They've just been like making it a hostile ever, work environment. Yes, yeah, right. Anyone who do you ever, go to about that? Where's the right. HR? Right, right. You just push them out. Like anyone who's ever worked at a failing company, which I have, this is what they do. They like make it so miserable for you that they hope you'll just leave and they get a lot of people to leave. And then if you don't, then then finally they're like, okay, these are the people oh, that so they we don't have, have to, to fire severance? or pay severance. Yes. They try oh. to out as many people as they can. I've heard. I'm sure this is way worse. Yeah, I'm sure this is way worse. Honestly. Yeah. I'm also, these people, all of these people uh, are probably going to, you know, have open arms expecting them to work other places. But it's just like, it's one of those themes that, it's one of those things where, um, the Trump administration has an explanation that theoretically makes sense. You can imagine a scenario where there's just too many cooks in the kitchen. But when you look closely and think that like this body was responsible for some of the things that led to his impeachment, when he you hates look, smart people. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> that he hates knowledge and facts. <laughs> yeah. That issue. Right. I mean, if you look, you could say it's a coincidence. You could make an excuse for anything like you really can. But if you look at everything he's done, they all have the same purpose none of his actions are like there's nothing that you could bring that he does and be like you know well this does this kind of contrasts your argument that he's trying to become that he's a consolidating authoritarian yeah right i don't know the word to use like i feel like dictator is a little heavy um he's not quite like at pol pot level yeah yeah but authoritarian is also Totalitarian We're not quite there It doesn't feel authoritarian But then I've read That it often doesn't Really feel like anything In your daily life I feel like we're in the early stages Because he's consolidating power And yeah We're in the middle stages Where like it is I say this all the time It is affecting people Day to day Even if it doesn't affect me It probably is affecting me Day to day It affects my stress levels Oh for sure Greatly Like I am Deeply anxious about it Right All the like time Like if he went to the top And like like I feel like you have to be patient, A patient authoritarian Like you consolidate All this power And then chill And then you start Wielding it And just like Jamming through Your policies And that's probably What he's going to do In his second term Like take away All the roadblocks And the barriers And right now It's, it's like second it's term right. I, Like literally My stomach I'm drops I'm so sorry Trigger warning Yeah <laughs> you put, put a trigger warning In the beginning That we mentioned A second term <laughs> That's funny Um uh, but, so that okay, yeah but this you're, you know continue what you were I saying agree. i think it's hard to sort of feel day to day now but there is at this point there's nothing stopping him from doing any of the things that we would start to feel day to day i mean he just expanded the travel ban, ban because he hates people Brown who people. aren't white yeah i mean what's scary also about this national security council firing is like they know the people that they kick out are not 
people like you know a team of rivals challenging people who are going to challenge them they now have information on who in high level of gut and high levels of the government depending on where they go next or if they go somewhere else private sector or whatever um they know that these people are not with them which is very scary for I'm sure a large level, a large amount of the bureaucracy that has been in this administration that they know I basically expose myself that I'm not with them because otherwise Mm -hmm. I would have stayed. Right. Which is really scary. It is. Like like, they're all little Vindmans running around. Right. Just not as high profile because they didn't, they weren't witnesses to the perfect phone call. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, especially because it sounds like it did grow a lot under Obama. So those are largely Obama people. Oh, Whatever yeah. that means. Obama people. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Which Trump is suspicious of anybody who ever like said anything positive, positive about Barack Obama. Like he was born in America. <laughs> right. God forbid. He yeah. was born in America. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners. I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like, and Gift Mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. Whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of the things I like to buy on Etsy have little dachshunds on them or are four dachshunds. Dottie's got a whole litany of new sweaters and harnesses and all kinds of fun stuff that we get lots of compliments on when we're out on walks. A gifting moment is always just around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. Um, Should we move on to the election section? Yeah. A, A moment of hope? Yes, a moment of hope. Tomorrow is February 11th. February 11th is the New Hampshire primary. It's the second primary slash caucus yeah the first happen. like vote will be properly cast right in a right ballot booth I yeah mean. this is not like a joke in a gym <laughs> right right sorry yeah. iowa right you blew it we now might. i can make fun of you publicly yes we can make fun of, of your just behind your back um so we're moving on we're um, moving on Pete Buttigieg is holding a very small lead over Bernie Sanders, but it's like negligible. It doesn't um, say anything about his actual, like, I don't think you can come right. out and be like, what a bounce he'll get. Right. I was, I'm referring to Iowa. I'm not referring to New Hampshire yet. Um, so Buttigieg came out of Iowa with 13 delegates, Sanders with 12, Warren with eight, Biden with six, Klobuchar with one, and Yang with zero. I want to remind you that to get the nomination, you need 1,990. Yeah. Is that, that the number? Right. Yeah. It's up there. Yeah. It's nowhere near it's not 13. 13. <laughs> so just just know that this is like disproportionately important. Yeah. We're, we're talking about this, but its actual importance is minuscule compared to the opinions of the rest of the country, yeah. which, believe it or not, we do get a say. <laughs> um, okay. So Bernie Sanders, despite getting... Uh, the second most delegates called for a partial recanvas. So the party extended, extended the deadline to do so at 1 p.m. today. We're recording uh, just after that. So yeah. And Sanders' campaign had just said they want, because only a candidate could demand a recanvas. Remember last week, Tom Perez, the party, the Democratic yeah. Party chair, was like, I'm asking for a recanvas. Yeah. And I was like, okay, but 
a candidate has to ask us. And so today, Tom Perez care about the rules. I know. Anyway, Um, so now on to New Hampshire. Polls released last night show Sanders with a pretty big edge over Buttigieg in New Hampshire. Um, The state he's from Vermont. New Hampshire is their neighbor. I imagine the people have a similar sensibility. Um, And Amy Klobuchar actually searched past Elizabeth Warren after Friday night's debate. Klobuchar has four, according to an Emerson College poll um, that was released last night, last night, February 10th or February 9th. um, Klobuchar has 14 percent. Warren has 11 percent. Sanders has Sanders has thirty percent. Buttigieg has twenty three percent. Biden only ten percent. Fifth place, a little baby ten. Look, when the candidate is not, he's not prime. He's no. not pre. He's not. <laughs> he's not prime. He's not. He's just not. I'm sorry. <laughs> like you can see it. He's not this viable. Our like, front runner. Everybody. He's not live wire. Yeah. His right. wife though, fabulous. Yes. She should really be running instead of him. Totally. Have you seen her? Yeah, I love Jill love Biden. Doctor Jill Biden. Doctor Jill Biden. Yeah. What? Like, remember when she pleasure. was? Like, remember when she was tell, told her she was like, "Look, I know he's not the best, <laughs> but he's he's gonna win." Okay, just, uh, I know, I know. <laughs> That's. I mean, when your wife is not like inspired by you, yeah, like, you're you have a problem, right? Like right. when your actual wife. Yeah. Although you know, I don't know. Yeah, the Obamas been, are inspired. They've by been each married other. a long time. That's true. That's true. Yeah, they've been yeah. married less time. So on Friday night, uh, seven candidates took the debate stage ahead of this primary. Friday night debate, man, that was, you watched, right? I thought it was the best debate yeah. yet. I watched it in the morning. What a and great I actually, night I have. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so fun. I'm I so mean, fun. I mean, it was kind of nice just because everything finally slowed down. Like for me, the end of impeachment, like I felt it because it has been like my whole life for since September. Yeah. Amanda works like all day yeah i mean this stuff is this. always happening her job is to follow right. the news and then translate it when for all people of you. are like how do you how do you follow the news i feel like it's a full-time job I'm like it, it, because it is like, that's the only way yeah like i know i can't follow the news as much as you because i just i'm not doing it all day but can i tell you a secret yeah um if i had to choose one position in this company i could have it would be mine it would be yours i know yeah <laughs> It really would be Twitter and make memes all day. Yeah. yeah. And, and write like little nice paragraphs about right. what's going on. Oh, yeah. It's great. Yeah. So anyway, that's Enough just about a me. side note. <laughs> <laughs> about but I did totally blow off the Friday debate. But Sammy watched it. No, I watched it on the elliptical in the morning and I was actually like, oh, wow, this is actually like getting you going. I was I was dreading it because like. I don't. I have to listen. Well, I, the elliptical. I, I can't watch. Like I've been trying to watch The Crown on the elliptical, but it's so that's slow. A it's the slow. worst idea. Just watch The Circle on the elliptical. I started. I, that's true. I started watching The Circle. I get too distracted at every, anywhere else because I'm like, why am I watching this? But on the elliptical, you have nowhere to go. And yeah. You're like, oh my god, what are they gonna say? What a stranger. Anyway, yeah. enough with my Netflix recommendations. Yeah. Yes. Um, okay. Let's talk about the debate. Yeah. It was the most lively debate I think there's been yet. They yes. were hyped up. You could tell everyone was like. Yeah. Even Biden had a good moment. There was this one great moment where he said he basically got everyone. Someone asked him about how Vindman had been um, like fired or whatever. And he said, let's all like stand for Vindman. Like that's who we are as a country. And like everyone stood up and clapped. And I was like, oh, that's Joe Biden. Like that's totally. the guy. Can you just do that all the time? And I you know what they were talking can. about. I think they were talking about Romney. And they were like, let's talk about like who oh, actual people that they got. He was like, let's stand for Vindman. But there was sort of a longer conversation where they were all talking about Romney and just like people that stood up for for the truth. Yeah. But yeah, I thought it was definitely one of Joe's better debates. He never uh, finished early in the questions. Like normally he's just like, I'm done. Where the other candidates are like begging for more time. And he's like, you go ahead, kids. That's what I mean by not viable. Yeah. Like he doesn't have 
enough yeah. verve. In the debate, he did seem to reiterate that like he felt it was still early and that his because I think he was sort of confronted on that and that he thinks later states, which we know have more diverse populations, and he still really is kind of carrying a good amount of the black vote. Um, but everyone thought he front was, runners aren't. But for example, like before Iowa, he was like one of the top in the oh, top. Totally. And I just I I actually don't really trust this polling. And the way it's reflecting his support, to yeah. be honest. It's, um, right. It's not showing up. Well, I also think that his name and his son being mentioned constantly in a, in conjunction with sort of like a slimy story of corruption when every other candidate, minus Pete, is running against corruption. Yeah. I think that it's like a bad look. Yeah. It kind of sucks, but Trump succeeded yeah. in basically slandering him effectively. Yeah. Um, so Bernie Sanders, he is currently i think has the most momentum he made the case for coming together against coming together against president trump um and he talked a lot about party unity which is really important because i think he gets yeah yeah, i think he gets a lot of like flack for what i think is more his supporters than himself although there is somewhat of an argument that he doesn't you know necessarily work with many other people in congress according to his record um but he seems to have you know, kind of shifted his message to something a bit more amenable to the other people. Um, But a large part of the party still has concerns about his leftist policies, the fact that he himself identifies as a socialist, so it'll be really easy to be painted as one. Yeah. Um, But yeah, he was asked if he will scare Democratic voters away, and he said he didn't think he would because Trump lies all the time and noted that Trump would fearmonger about any Democrat who's nominated. What did you think of that? I thought that was true, but didn't answer the question. Like he was like, this is when he did the unity thing. He was like, Elizabeth, he'll make fun of Elizabeth. He'll he'll make fun of all of my friends because <laughs> we friends all love each stage. other, right? Yeah. Right, and then it, there I was mean, a big effort. Like they all, he was kind of like, yeah. Biden gave him a hug, and then and then um, Amy Klobuchar was like, I like Bernie just fine, which is like the likable enough. Yeah, which is he, really any everybody that like anybody that Bernie Bros on Twitter accuse of being like an anti-Semitic, anti-capitalist oligarch apologist is that's that's them. Like I like Bernie just fine. <laughs> right. Like so, nobody's actually. I mean, Tom Steyer is obsessed with Bernie oh, Sanders. Yeah. We have to talk about that. Tom Steyer is I swear he ran for president so he could just hang out with Bernie more like excuses to be in the room with him. Right. He's obsessed with him the whole time. Is Tom Steyer ashamed of his money? Because I'll take some if he doesn't want to, you know, feel the burden of being a billionaire up there. If he doesn't want to be a billionaire, like I'll have your money. Like if you're so obsessed with like making besties with this socialist. Right. Pay for his Medicare for all plan. (laughs) Yeah. Like you could afford you chip in. Yeah. You know, next time they ask like Bernie, how are you going to pay? You should just look over Tom. (laughs) Yeah. Now's your moment. You want to be be my friend. That would be so funny. Elizabeth would be like, yes, that's why we need the two for two percent wealth tax. Tom Sire would be like, yeah, I support the wealth tax. Right. 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 He's just everybody's hype man up there. He's like the DJ Khaled of the he's just like, I'm just up here. It's like every just repeat what they say although he does get a lot of shit i actually think he has oh a good heart of and course i do respect that he ran this impeach he started running an impeachment like campaign for trump like right after he got elected I'm based putting a on, lot of money into it and he put money into it so like i buy tom steyer's like good-heartedness to be honest with you like i don't think this is some like selfish thing right right yeah um and i think we just because he's a bit and he's not i from what i've read about him he didn't like he doesn't have inherited wealth he's not like he's taken i think the, the giving pledge 
He's yeah. like, there's going to be worse. And he's not a moderate. Like, if you, yeah, if, he's you not. if you take that, you know, any of those quizzes that tell you and you're noticing, like, the ones that always trend together are, like, Warren, Bernie, and Steyer. I know. Yeah. He he I he ranks pretty highly for a lot of people who end up surprised that he did. I've I heard. think people don't really know what his platform is. Right. To be yeah, honest. And it's still like, you know what, we have two uh deeply experienced senators who also have that platform, so I don't know if we need you here, but you know, we do need your money though. But that's why I'm almost like if Bernie's the nominee, it's like Come on, John. Like, yeah. now's your chance. Right. I mean, the reason we need the money um, is be and why I would vote for a billionaire um, is because they actually can put money to counter Trump's billion dollar campaign that he's running on social media. Exactly. And it's a disinformation campaign. So, like, I'm sorry. Like, I'll take your money. I'm not above it. Right. If we can't have principles, we could at least have money. Ideally, that these two men will give their money to whoever the nominee is. But they have so much that if they want to fuck around for a while and make that candidate them, okay. They should just give me the money. Like, I'll make the right choices with it. <laughs> yeah. It's really fine. Yeah. Um, um, I think Klobuchar had a great night. Great like we night. said, she surged. And she, how do we say, like, she's always a little bit literally shaky to me, which I would be too. Like a Susan Collins yeah. shake? Yeah. Yeah. But in a way that, like, Do the Susan people, Collins shake. <laughs> some people really just, I don't know if it's like a. She really was like solid. She seemed like she was feeling good. And like it just in the past has been slightly uh, distracting from her message. But like because I think women have to be it's not any different than Joe Biden's uh, stammer, which he talks about as something that he struggled with. But I think for women, it comes off more as like unacceptable or unforgivable when they're not just like so confident. Yeah. But I think, you know, what comes through is her is her deep burning hatred for people to judge. Yeah. Oh my God. It's she I love hates that. him. <laughs> she literally, you can smell her disdain from like through the television. Like it's crazy. Um, at one point she calls him out for diminishing the fact that they, that her and Bernie and Warren had all been um, at the impeachment trial because he said like he'd rather watch cartoons than the impeachment trial. He's like, Americans don't care about the impeachment trial. She's like, well, I was doing my civic duty right. and I was elected to do. So right. fuck you, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> That was that's Amy Klobuchar. But you were running around taking all my town halls. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, he's probably like a the number one contender for her. like. Yeah, he's she he's in the spot she needs to get to. Yeah. So, and I think that she now that I don't know if she knew if she could ever topple Biden, but now that Biden seems to be toppled, she's like, I can, I can get, I can handle a mayor. I was an early Amy Klobuchar supporter until the until salad the comb, comb thing, yeah. which you know what. Honestly, like if we can forget about I Bernie's honest, heart attack. We can forget about her comb. If we can forget about the fact that like Bill Clinton was like notably like a difficult boss. It's not like what do you think? What do you think it's like at the top? Yeah, they're they're <laughs> yeah. assholes. Right. These For men. Sure. These who, people are psychopaths. They're all of them. psychopaths. That's how you get to the top. You have to be ruthless. So you know what? Amy Klobuchar ate her salad with a comb. You know right. what? I think I forgive her. Right. Uh, she's not purging the NSC over here. Yeah. She doesn't I mean, care about like your self care time. Yeah. And you know what? Her point about how we have a newcomer in the White House right now and look where it got us is actually very interesting because everyone's like, oh, I want this like weird outsider who's never experienced anything. Like, let's get someone who like never did anything in in this position. She actually makes an argument for like being an effective person and she has the numbers to back it up. She's never lost a race. She has gotten more legislation passed than anyone on that stage because she says she will work with Republicans, even if it's on small things. So what? Like, 
Small bills that don't have like the main Medicare for all, cancel student debt headlines. Those things matter. They affect people. And she has a point that that's what she focuses on. It's effective. I agree. I don't think that just because uh, Donald Trump got elected means that that's how people get elected now. And like, like remember a couple years ago, it was like maybe Oprah should be our candidate. It's like I diverge slightly from the Amy Klomachar kind of like Biden. Like this is a right now is an aberration and we can just return to where we were. Like I think we need more radical change, but I don't think that comes with a person who has no experience in government. Absolutely. Because like, what are you going to do on day one? Like get right. trained? I like, agree. Like I you're going to go through be, an onboarding? You know I think she is the parasite of the Democratic nominees. I know. Right. She would be number two. I Look, like I think she's a great potential candidate. I think people need to get over the sexist shit. I think they need to get over the fact, oh, she's not like moderate enough. First of all, first of all, I actually do believe that she sees the danger and why this is so different. In a, I don't believe that Biden she has does. turned districts. Yeah, I don't believe that Biden does. Me neither. Actually, he. I believe he thinks this is like a weird aberration. And That's it's why just he's like, be just fine. put me in for four years. Yeah. And I think she actually gets that this is like fucked up and is just a pragmatist. Yes, absolutely. Right. I think she's one of those people... You know, like the Styers who are like, I just have to jump in and run because I can win. Like, I think that she she actually just calculates and looks around and is like, I I think she's the only one who has a right to say that, who has a right to be like, I am running because I actually think that when this comes down to it, I might be the only person that can win. She would be a great, she's like, ambitious wrote, as fuck, but she is. But so what? Every, yeah. Everyone who's ever been president is ambitious as fuck. Right. Like, I'm pretty sure that we know that. And like, so what? Why does she have to get criticized? Like, why is she held to this, like, insane standard that she has to be perfect and appealing and, and not angry? And like, she can't have emotions. It's just very frightening. Do you think um, that... So let's pivot to Elizabeth Warren. Okay. Do you think that Klobuchar's rise has had anything to do with Warren's kind of slight fall? I would... I'm tempted to say no, but I asked the question because it's like, surely there's got to be some. You know, I think that it does. Yeah. Um, I think that she... Obviously, I think she's the best candidate. I made phone calls for her. But... I think that she, I didn't think her debate was strong. I think she didn't. I think she had one really good answer about um, race. Should we, we have that yeah, clip let's actually. Play that. So the context for this is Buttigieg was asked to sort of answer for some racist policing in South Bend. This is what he was asked to answer for. The fact that while he was in office, um, marijuana like arrests or offenses have for people of color have gone up as while he was in office proportionate to arrests for white people. Yeah. So. And and basically the moderator asked like straight straight up like why has that happened under your watch and his answer was like it didn't his right. answer was very he um, was like yeah but overall arrests are down but that wasn't true because if you actually look at the numbers which I don't have off the top of my head that is false and the moderator did an unbelievable job of said uh, you didn't answer the question yes. and I felt like there was actually space in this debate for a little bit more. Yeah, there was a bit more substance. air in the room to sort of push them on that. You're so right. But so I think that he so he didn't answer the question. Then Elizabeth Warren was at someone. The moderator asked, what do you think of this answer? And this is what Elizabeth Warren said. Senator Warren, is that a substantial answer from Mayor Buttigieg? No. You have to own up to the facts. 
And it's important to own up to the facts about how race has totally permeated our criminal justice system. You know, for the exact same crime, study after study now shows that African Americans are more likely than whites to be detained, to be arrested, to be taken to trial, to be wrongfully convicted, and to receive harsher sentences. We need to rework our criminal justice system from the very front end on what we make illegal all the way through the system and how we help help people come back into the community. But we cannot just say that criminal justice is the only time we want to talk about race specifically. We need to start having race conscious laws. Great answer. It sounds like she's actually been listening to people of color and what they have to say, because that's an answer from someone that you couldn't come up with if you didn't really try to educate yourself genuinely. That's true. And she did also have an issue with her campaign last week that didn't get a lot of coverage, but a lot of women of color that work for her campaign in Nevada, they left because they were unhappy with the environment. They reiterated that they loved her and planned to caucus for her. Um, But there was sort of a longer piece about it, um, about some sort of microaggressions that they face within the campaign, not the candidate. And Elizabeth Warren was confronted, was asked about it, and she was like, I completely believe she was like I was I'm kind of chattering but I totally believe them and I'm learning everything I can and I'm doing everything I can and I appreciate their support but she also said that 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 black women push her to yes. learn more people obviously took that as like you know a slight but I actually think but I oh, saw I really appreciate that I think it's a really good answer because like you do have to be pushed to advance your views and learn about other people's perspectives like how like if you never are challenged or feel like an actual like there's there has to be an actual shift in your thinking yeah that's how you that's how you grow or else you are having a disproportionate amount of arrests of people of color in south bend exactly yeah. um pete so yeah how did we think Be- pete's uh, general debate performance was you know i don't want to take sides but i thought it was terrible <laughs> i think he is a huge goober he's becoming it's getting worse and worse i know but it's becoming more appealing to yeah. randos yeah Sorry, any randos who are listening. Yeah. So maybe, I mean, maybe that's what's happening is Klobuchar is like emerging as like the alternative to Biden. Okay. Now, if the alternative to Biden is Mayor Pete and people don't like Mayor Pete, then she's the alternative. And it seems like a lot of people are turning against those two guys. I mean, so he has attacks from, you know, the the, the progressive wing, Bernie and, and Warren, who basically say, like, we don't want someone who can buy their way into the election or someone who sucks up to billionaires. Right. And they're basically coming after Pete for taking donations from billionaires. And, you know, he has fundraisers in wine caves and like he's yeah. annoying. What's funny is that Bernie Sanders keeps saying, like, you have 40 billion billionaires, 40 billionaires. And I keep waiting, looking for somewhere where Buttigieg refutes that. And he's just not. So it's like, OK, also, like, who are these 40 billionaires? Who are these 40 billionaires? Like, right. Like, who are you? Yeah. And like we were saying before, like, there is a different conversation about money and politics. And some might argue that we have a moral imperative to put as much money into this as possible that's my arg- that's my argument the, like but at the stage where we have a nominee let's not like fracture and just i don't know yeah like bernie sanders con- is saying what are you promising these 40 billionaires that they're giving you all this money maybe you're not maybe he's not promising anything or Especially, maybe he's promising legislation that we want like maybe maybe some billionaire is very passionate about gun control like th- that's why I just don't understand. Like, why are we sneezing at all this money that's gonna help us win? Yeah, I think like if you see Bloomberg's ads, they're mostly att- yes, they say like Mike twenty twenty, but they are mostly attacks on Trump, and they are very good ads. And why are we not like 
magnifying these people just because they're they had money. Bloomberg and Steyer are both self-made billionaires. They are not inherited these like oligarchical families from succession that everyone is thinking. Like, yes, they have flaws, but everyone has flaws. Yeah. Why are we sneezing at their money? Yeah. Like, let's take their money, do what we need to do, and then you can make reforms. Right. Steyer believes in the wealth tax. So it's not like every billionaire is some like psycho villain from like a James Bond movie. Like right. we need to stop attacking people just because yeah. they have money. I get the critique of Pete just because like you have like tweets of his from years ago that are like I I will never not support Medicare for all. And then suddenly he doesn't. And what's changed in those times is he has billionaires donating, donating to his campaign. Pete is clearly ideologically very inconsistent, yeah. even from when he entered this race. And I don't know. I just I don't want to like be so anti like one. I've but now that he it. is emerging as a front runner, I think that we that he's fair game. Honestly, we get a lot of criticism here when we when we bring up any facts about Mayor Pete that aren't flattering. But now that he's a real front runner, like Bernie, I think that that's the time where we need to be like, like, look, analyzing I will support this. him, obviously, if he's the candidate, I will support any of them. I really will. But right now, I just think that you're, what are you going to have, Mayor Pete versus Donald Trump? Right. Like, really? Yeah. Like, really? Think, picture that in your head. It doesn't end well, in my view. We all dread the what should we have for dinner question. I mean, I know I do. I love a home-cooked meal, but I don't always have the time, energy, or groceries to make it happen. Being able to feast on a delicious meal without the long prep and cook times is what drew me to Home Chef over the other guys. Home Chef's meals are effortless, so I can spend less time trying to be Top Chef and more time watching it. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. Whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions, speedy recipes ready in less than 30 minutes, oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients, or quick microwave meals that assemble in minutes, Home Chef has you covered for delicious meals without the hassle. Home Chef has over 30 options a week and serves a variety of dietary needs, so you never have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. For a limited time, Home Chef is offering our listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and of course, free shipping on your first box. Just go to homechef.com slash fever dream. That's homechef.com slash fever dream for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard that right. Homechef.com slash fever dream must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going. But there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Should we go to one more thing? Let's do it. So quick one more thing. Today, the Trump administration released its spending plan. This is basically um, like a proposal. It's basically like we already have a budget for, for this year and for the next year. But this is sort of like here are the things I might fight you on for the next couple of years. 
Um, and mainly what's in it is just massive slashes to things like um, the Environmental Protection Agency, housing and urban development. I mean, a lot of Republican spending plans do have big cuts, but it's crazy to see something like this for it's, the Environmental Protection Agency. It's not Agency. about the cuts. It's about what they cut. Of course, right, right, right. yes. The, all of these budgets, you're going to see like this is slash that slash, but mainly it's looking at big cuts to Medicare and Medicaid, basically by things like the work requirement, basically saying like you can't get Medicaid unless you have a job or you've proved you've worked really, really hard to get this a, a job or else you don't get food stamps and, and stuff like that, like lots of cost cutting things, changing qualifications, but things that just explicitly target people that are already hurting because, and we can't afford them anymore because of the Trump tax cut. This comes after the... Uh lie-laden State of the Union, where yeah. he said that he basically congratulated himself for like 7 million, I think, people exactly. coming off food stamps, meaning you, you kicked, kicked them, them off. off. They didn't get richer. Okay, that's number one. Right. Number two, he claims, okay, so he's cutting Medicare and Medicaid. He also claimed in his speech that he would never get rid of preconditions. Meanwhile, his administration is suing to get rid of preconditions. Right. So, out of Obamacare. So, honestly, like, this budget is just... It's the proof of the lies that yes. we heard last week. I know. It's so funny. It's true because everybody paid attention to the State of the Union. You think anybody's paying attention to this like people? That's true. His ratings fell by 20%. Yeah. Which is important because all Nancy cares stole about the moment. Yeah. Right. I don't remember one thing he said except the ones I just recited. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he, yeah. It's a joke. It's a joke. That's, that's my, that's my takeaway. <laughs> Before we go, um, we just want to promote the Betches Up email, which comes every day and is fucking hilarious. You've heard us talk about it before. Elise writes it. She is so funny. Also noteworthy, if you've ever found it difficult to read because of the font, several people told me this. I also agreed. We have changed the font, so it is much easier to read. It's easier on the eyes, don't you think? It's just like you can read it quicker. It's beautiful. It looks better. There's cool pull qu- quotes. It's a very pleasant reading experience. I love the pull Give quotes. it another chance if you if you fell out of reading it. Yes. And if you want some stickers or some prizes... Um, sign up for our ambassador program at referrals.betches.com. Yep. You can basically, if you refer one friend and get one friend to sign up, you will we will send you stickers in the mail. Um, what else will we send you? We'll send you a makeup pouch. We'll send you a Michelle Obama pop socket. We will send you a reusable plastic cup that says freedom juice. And these are all things that are some of like people's favorite items that we actually don't sell. Yeah, we so don't you have to sign people up. Right. And honestly, like it would benefit everyone. So just, yeah. just get them involved. Right. All right. Referral.betches.com is where you sign up for that. If you're trying to sign up for the email for the first time, betches.co slash sub sign up and referral directions will be in your welcome email. Yeah, or just you. DM us your email and I will sign you up. <laughs> yeah, make it easy. I'll make it. We want to make this easy. Yeah, Amanda's in the DMs all day. All day. All right. Slide on in. That's it for today, guys. Until the end of Democracy. I'm Sammy Fishbein. I'm Amanda Duberman. And this has been the Betches Up Podcast. Betches.